morning. Good morning. See everyone here. Appreciate the songs. So amazing that we have such a great hope of those who are in Christ to see Him, to be with Him, to get some crowns as well, perhaps. Uh, look forward to that. Today we'll be looking at uh, Daniel chapter 12. So um, I trust you have uh, enjoyed the study. Um, Actually, a couple of uh, announcements, actually. I have a couple of things I wanted to speak about before we get into the study of Daniel 12. Um, one is um, just a, a thank you to all those who uh, worked on the Sunday school room downstairs. I don't know if uh, you've seen that. The flooring was replaced and uh, looks really nice now. So uh, just thank you to everyone who participated in that. There was a lot of hands that were involved and uh, just praise the Lord for that um, getting completed. The last nails were put in by our brother Bob, so we're glad to see that. A um, couple other things uh, regarding the uh, uh, Lord's Supper and the meeting. I'm just so appreciative of um, the participation we've been having. You know, it's really, I'm, I'm sure some of us who are older than others are very happy to see uh, the young people getting involved in that and you know it is there's no age requirement for worship we know that and so uh, availing yourself of that privilege is really wonderful and uh, good to see just one thing that's we've been talking about and uh, is that um, that um, uh, wasn't a problem today, as I don't think, at least, but um, the volume is an issue sometimes during that meeting, right? So there are folks who are not able to hear as well as others, and so um, we should pay careful attention to um, speaking out loud, right? So that everyone is able to worship with you as you express your your thoughts and uh, if uh, you as I am prone to do forget that and sort of go low in volume then it becomes difficult and um, not as uh, encouraging for everyone to be able to participate together right so just a reminder about that um, I think those were the two things so all right so we're going to look at close our uh, our um, look at the book of Daniel, right? And uh, I trust that it's been a very uh, useful study uh, as as we've gone through it. I think there's there's um, there's just a, just a lot of good teaching that we've had, and um, I I trust that as we look at today's topic uh, in this last chapter and. Uh, just uh, think about these things. We'll be further encouraged. Let's uh, let's look to to the Lord before we uh, we start. Our Father, we thank you for 
this time you've given us to remember, uh, uh, to look into your word, Lord, and uh, to um, study from it, to learn from it. We thank you for giving uh, your word to us, that it's your revelation uh, to us, and we pray that we would be able to understand it. Father, we need the guidance of your Holy Spirit to help us in these ways and to learn more of you, to appreciate you more, to understand your plans and purposes. And uh, Father, in this way, live our lives in a, in a more glorifying way. And we uh, pray that you'd help us through this day uh, to do these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so uh, let's see. We will take a look at uh, chapter. Actually, in order to study chapter 12 of Daniel, we should revert back a little bit, and so we'll read through. Uh, it's not a lot of verses, so I'll, I will um, read from verse 36 onwards. Uh, of chapter 11 as and will um, they're tightly connected and uh, so it, it makes sense to to get some context here Daniel chapter 11 and verse 36 reads this way then the king will do as he pleases and he will exalt and magnify himself above every god and will speak monstrous things against the god of gods and he will prosper until the indignation is finished for that which is decreed will be done. He will show no regard for the gods of his fathers or for the desire of women, nor will he show regard for any other god, for he will magnify himself above them all. But instead, he will honor a god of fortresses, a god whom his fathers did not know. He will honor him with gold, silver, costly stones and treasures. Um, and he will take action against the strong fortresses with the help of a foreign god, he will give great honor to those who acknowledge him and will cause them to rule over many and will parcel out land for a price. I'll just skip forward then into chapter 12. Um, it says, Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise and there will be a time of distress um, such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time and at that time your people everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued many of us who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake these to everlasting life but others to disgrace and everlasting contempt those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven and those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But as for you, Daniel, conceal these world's words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and behold, two others were standing on this bank of the river and the other on that bank of the river. And one said to the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river, so there's a third man there, 
who is above the waters of the river, how long will it be until the end of these wonders? I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river as he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and a half a time. And as soon as they finish shattering the power of the holy people, all these events will be completed. As for me, I heard but could not understand. So I said, My Lord, what will be the outcome of these events? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end time. Many will be purged, purified and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. From the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. How blessed is he who keeps waiting and attains to the 1,335 days. But as for you, go your way to the end, then you will enter into rest and rise again for your allotted portion at the end of the age. Right, so... Um, if we think about what our brother John Schwartz was talking about last week in chapter 11 and, and talking about that historical figure uh, Antiochus Epiphanes and his reign um, that is really spoken of in chapter 11 a lot uh, but there is a the sort of a future fulfillment um, that is pretty obvious when you look at this, and and you know John pointed out that really verse thirty six where I started from is there's no fulfillment of some of these verses in Antiochus, right? So this is you know talking about you know there's that there's the idea in prophecy of this more immediate fulfillment. It was still in the future. Daniel, but it was a more a shorter time frame, and then there's an even longer, longer range fulfillment for these things. And so um, we know that there will come a time. Uh, there's a so there's a sort of a big gap really between verse 35 and 36. You know, 35 really talking about Antiochus Epiphanes, but 36 really talking about this. There's going to be this future. Um, ruler who will set himself up and exalt uh, himself above the gods, right? And, you know, there's, there's other places that talks about this person, this the beast or the Antichrist. Um, and we'll, um, we'll take a look at some of that. Let's see, is this working? Okay, so when we get into chapter 12, we, we're, really, we're really looking at this period of time called the tribulation, right? This Antichrist comes in and he will set himself up. Um, the Lord Jesus even talks about this. Um, he says 
that of a future time when the abomination of desolation will be set up, right? He talks about this time as well in the future. So when we start in chapter 12, it says, Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people will arise. So, you know, when it says now at that time, what is that time, right? It's, it's you know, that's why we started in, in chapter 11, right? The time will be that time when this king will do as he pleases. He will exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and will speak, speak monstrous things against the god of gods, etc., etc., right? Those, that is the time that chapter 12 is really inserting itself into, right? It's, it's talking about that time that Michael, the great prince that stands guard over the sons of Israel, will arise, all right, so um, we'll see that this this time of tribulation says it says in Matthew twenty four, for where, then there will be a great tribulation that has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will again. Right. So this is Matthew twenty four in the Lord's words, and it sort of matches with. Uh, verse 1, right? And there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. So they're really talking about the same event, right? The same period, right? And here it says there will be a great tribulation, right? And so hence the word that's used for this period of time is tribulation based on this verse, right? That there will be a, a period of time in the history that we believe here that hasn't happened yet when there will be a time of great tribulation that you know if we think through history all the worst things that have happened you know the recent past of the the genocides and the the you know the holocaust and the, those those will or the world wars really I mean none of that will compare to what's to come right this this tribulation it says it will be worse than everything right so all, all that you've imagined all the things you've read the worst things that have happened is this will be worse than it right and not only will it be worse than it it'll be it'll be worldwide right it'll be that that'll be a characteristic right that it'll be it'll be not localized to different areas or different, uh, but it'll be a, a worldwide kind of uh, thing, right? And the other thing we learn is that uh, the tribulation period, um, you know, we uh, some of this is just repeating what's been taught in in previous uh, weeks, but it's you know it's. It's worth reminding ourselves of these things that this is. Uh, uh, Josh spoke spoke about this in, in um, Daniel chapter nine. It's it's there'll be a treaty, right? There'll be a treaty signed between the beast and and the and the Jewish people. So the same person that we talked about in chapter eleven, verse thirty six, the same individual will sign a treaty uh, that's the, the in and some 
some translations call it a covenant, right? He'll sign this covenant with the Jewish people. And so that goes through that 69th week, right, in that, um, in that uh, explanation of, of, of chapter 9. And then the 70th week is really <coughs> what we're talking about here, right? The 70th week, so we are, that tribulation period is the 70th week. And if you remember the way time was, was measured in that prophecy, it was... Um, it was um, uh, weeks of years, right? So you'll you'll have you know the the seven days. I mean, that one week is really seven years, right? That's the that's the idea. So that's where we get this notion that this period of time will be will be seven years, and um, it'll be a time when. There'll be unprecedented difficulties. We already talked about that. And the, the, the difficulties, the word <coughs> words used is pressure, right? It's like this idea of, of be, people being squeezed, um, the juice being squeezed out of grapes, you know, that there'll be intense pressure, right, on, on people. And... Um, And we read in, um, and this this uh, this period of seven years will be divided into halves, and we have here in chapter twelve, which is really talking about this period, the length of time described here, and uh, you know Daniel when he got this vision, and there's this there are these two people on both sides of a river. There's one man in the middle. Daniel hears these things and he doesn't understand. So it says, um, and one, in verse 6 says, And one said to the man dressed in linen, uh, How long will it be? Right? How long will it be? And um, it doesn't look like it's Daniel who ask this question in verse 6. Uh, um, so I'm not sure who did, but uh, regardless, in verse 7 it says, uh, it'll be for a time, time, and half a time. So there's many ways these, these this half periods in that seven-year uh, time frame are described. Sometimes it's described here as like this time, time, and half a time is this idea of three and a half years, right? Half time, time, and half time, uh, and or it could be uh, some places. It's it's uh, talked about as uh, forty-two months. If you look in Revelation eleven, we won't turn to all these references. Uh, you can go check them out on your own. Forty-two months, or in other places, it's listed as twelve uh, one thousand two hundred sixty days. So you got two halves to this you have the beginning of this being uh, being signified by this peace treaty so in the timeline of where we see things happening and the way we've talked about Daniel and prophecy being interpreted is that you have like we are living 
in a time between the 69th week and the 70th week, right? And that, that period of time is, is, a, is an interval that is not in, in, in the clock of Scripture. The, it, the, there's no timeline placed on that. There's no duration. So we're living in that period of time. And then in the future, they'll come the 70th week. That, that one week of tribulation is sometime in the future. We're living in this period of time between the 69th and the 70th week, right? And this is, you know, that people refer to this the church age, you know, where people are born again, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and are saved and are added to the church, right? The, the church universal. And then there'll come a time in the future where this 70th week happens, right? And so the only thing that we're waiting for is is when it says, you know, the, what we call the rapture, right? We will be called up. And then after that, sometime after that, it's not clear exactly how long, but probably soon after, you have this peace treaty signed, and then you start the clock for the seven-year um, duration. But then we see here that the second half of this uh, of this uh, seven-year period is called the Great Tribulation, right? And uh, it is um, it is this it is the place where uh, you have the worst of it, right? The most terrible punishments are going to happen in this time, and uh, the main purpose of these punishments throughout the tribulation period is really to discipline the children of Israel, right, for their disobedience. In Jeremiah chapter 30, it talks about this period. It says, for this is what the Lord says, I have heard a sound of terror, of fear, and there is no peace. Ask now and see if a male can give birth. Why do I see every man with his hands on his waist as a woman in childbirth? And why have all their faces turned pale? Woe for that day is great. There is none like it. Again, we can see the same kind of wording being used here. Woe for that day is great. There is none like it. And it is the time of Jacob's distress, right? Or Jacob's trouble in other translations says, yet he will be saved from it. Yet he will be saved from it. And we'll speak about that. But... Uh, but I want to focus on this as Jacob's trouble, right? This idea that the Lord, you know, like Daniel is given this, this big picture of the history of, of mankind for us, has laid it out for us, right? And, and in this big picture of history, you have Israel being sort of the dominant kingdom for a certain period of time. And then because of their disobedience they're disciplined right and then Daniel really gives this picture of what in the New Testament is termed as the time of the Gentiles right where the Gentiles have dominion of this earth and we are still living in this time the you know Israel is not the powerful nations of uh, in in on earth now it is you know the Gentiles are the dominant force right but there will come a time when that will end, right? The time of the Gentiles will end. And so, um, 
And at that time, towards the end, during this tribulation time frame, it will be the time of Jacob's trouble when, when there will be a real squeezing. Now, certainly there will be Gentiles during that time. They will face the difficulties as well. Right? I mean, that's just as a, as because they'll be here and, and it'll be worldwide trouble. And so they will be people going through lots of difficulties during that time. But the focus of God's intentions at that time will be to deal with the children of Israel, I believe. And that's why he calls it Jacob's trouble. It's, it's that time when he's dealing with them specifically. And, um, you know, at the end in Romans 11, for example, it says, and all Israel will be saved, right? It, that, that's what it says. There will be... Now, that doesn't mean every Jew will be saved. It means the believing Jews will be saved and will enter into the next portion of history. So, um, so what do we learn from this? So, the other part we learn about the tribulation from this chapter is in verse 11. It says, From the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished, and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. So I think that, that again is approximately three and a half years as well. And so what he's saying is that this, this period of time when Michael is going to basically arise, this angel is going to arise, is this second half of the tribulation and the second half is commenced so you, the, the beginning of the tribulation we said is commenced with the signing of this peace treaty right the second part it says the regular sacrifices are abolished so two things that come out of that one is that there will be sacrifices resumed in Israel we've talked about this uh, earlier already right but there will be sacrifices resumed in the temple in Israel, right? That's just what scripture says. Now, it's sort of inconceivable for us to think about that and what the implications are right now, politically. But we have to believe that that's what the Bible says, right? It's, it, so, there will come a time when regular sacrifices, so, so there will come a time during that period after this peace treaty is, is signed that sacrifices in the temple will resume and then it says in the middle of it the sacrifices will be abol abolished, right? So this person will uh, ban the regular sacrifices and he will set himself up and you know, based on it, and it says, and the abomination of desolation is set up. So basically, you know, there'll be idolatry in the temple, right? He will, and from other places we know, and and chapter eleven, verse thirty-six, it says, uh, he will exalt himself and magnify himself above every god. He's going to put himself in God's place, and therefore, that sort of starts the middle of the tribulation, and then there will be 1290 days. Now, you might have noticed that in the previous uh, in the previous um, verses, we have seen that 
uh, we have 1260 days is what it talks about in in other places about this time and then yet here he mentions two time periods right he says 1290 days and then in verse 12 it says how blessed how blessed is he who keeps waiting and attains to the 1335 days so if you do the math I've put it here for you on uh, so you is the 1260 is the 1290 is 30 days more than what's spoken about in other places and then the 1,335 is 45 days. So there is, it's not obvious what this is about. I mean, really, I, I couldn't find, and I'm happy to, uh, you know, see if uh, others have verses that would um, clearly explain what this is, uh, what the discrepancy is. But um, it's, you know, there's people who say that this is the period of time. So what happens in the in prophetic timeline then is the tribulation is there. And then after the tribulation, there's the thousand year reign of Christ, right? There's what, what's called the millennial kingdom. And we'll see some verses about that later today. But the point is that transition period might be 30 or 45 days, whatever that, the setting up or the preparation or whatever it is to inaugurate the millennial kingdom might be that gap, right? It could be the, you know, things will just, after that, the battle that happens at the end of the tribulation, you know, like things would be so destroyed, right? And so perhaps, you know, there might be some days needed to set things up so that we, you know, we don't know. That's just pure speculation I'm saying out there. But I don't think it should cause us any trouble. You know, there, there's some explanation. Uh, but I don't think it breaks the, it breaks the flow of what we feel are these events that are happening, the timeline and the durations. It, you know, there's just 30, 45 days within this seven-year period that, you know, um, the Lord, as, as I see it, hasn't, um, hasn't uh, given us insight into what that might be. But again, I'm, I'm uh, be curious to see what others, um, um, others say about this. But I think uh, one thing that um, Daniel is being told here is that, um, that, that he's not to worry, right? It says in verse 1 uh, that at every time um, and there was a, a, a you know a dis time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. At that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be rescued, right? So, so as much as, you know, there'll be dire circumstances during that time. Daniel is not to worry, and we as well, and Jews during that time don't have to worry. There will be rescue, um, that God will intervene, right? In fact, um, it does say uh, other places in scripture that during the tribulation, things are so bad 
that if it continued the way it is, everyone would be destroyed, right? I mean, God, you know, this intervention was actually needed. Otherwise, you know, it, it, it was that difficult of a time. That difficult of a time will come. And so um, this, this intervention by God will be miraculous and his people will be <coughs> rescued. I just want to also uh, speak about um, a couple of verses here regarding uh, this angel Michael, right? He's, you know, we, we've spoken about angels and there's a few verses here that I think are interesting considering what we've looked at regarding angels recently. Brother John Bull spoke about angels and Michael uh, when he was looking at chapter 10, I believe. Um, and um, we know that Michael, th there's not a lot of angels mentioned by name in the Bible, right? But angels are servants, right? We, we learned that when John's book in Hebrews, it talks about them being ministers. Um, right? They're ministers sent um, to, and, and we see examples of that where Daniel was feeling discouraged and the angel came to minister to him. But they're also like messengers, right? We've seen them as messengers. And, in, and uh, the other thing we learn here is that Michael seems to be uh, one who is very closely related to the Jewish people, right? And it seems like um, angels are given jurisdiction over localities or people groups um, based on what we read. And in this case, it says, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, right? So Michael is very much involved in the Jewish nation and, and their concerns. And we see that expressed in many places. In, um, in, in this place, he's going to intervene. If you go, and we don't have time to turn there, in Revelation chapter um, 12, I think. Um, I think it's Revelation 12. Um, it talks about um, about a war in heaven, right? Where um, where uh, where uh, Michael is involved, and so I think that war in heaven is is before this this period, but it's sort of uh, what's, what's talked about here with Michael getting involved ends up and culminates in this war in heaven. And, and I think, um, you know, one thing I just wanted to, to just think about here is this, this idea that, you know, there's, there's like, a, like right now there might be um, intense spiritual battles taking place, right, that we are not aware of. But what we see as things going on this earth here might be just shadows of real battles that are going on in the heavenlies, right? And so we have angels, right? We have angels, the good ones, and then we also have, you know, as, as I was saying, 
the other one of the other angels mentioned in the Bible is Satan or Lucifer, right? He was the angel that rebelled against God. And so these battles are are ongoing and I think we catch glimpses into it. All all the things that we see here, right? Like the culture wars. We see one part of it here on the earth, right? Like all the things that are going on against morality and you know Christian principles. I think those are just a glimpse into another realm of battles going on, and and we we get glimpses of it. But I think what's talked about here really gives us this idea that these battles are raging. Uh, our prayer and our um, calling upon God, I think, affects these battles, right? And, um, but, but we need to be aware that um, what we see around us is not all that's going on, right? When we see a war uh, in Ukraine or the war in Gaza or whatever, right? All these things, I think there's, there's spiritual forces at work behind it as well. And there's wars that, that we are not privy to. But God is sovereignly in control, right? God is sovereign in control. And, um, um, all, you know, um, those battles have impact on the things that are going on on earth, right? National policy, human interests, um, um, cultural trends, you know, like just so many things that we physically are aware of, I think are actually affected by um, affected by uh, those things going on in the heavenlies. Right, so we have the other thing that's interesting about uh, related to angels I, that I thought about was in verse 4 and in verse uh, 9, right? Let's read verse 4 and verse 9. It says, But as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. Right? And then verse 9 says, Go on your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end of time. Right? I think the idea there, you know, we had we had learnt um, we had learnt in First Peter. You know, it's, it's interesting that the Lord connects for us some of the scriptures that we read in our Bible studies with um, with what we are reading in Daniel. You know, when we read in First Chapter, First uh, Peter, Chapter One, I'll just you don't have to turn here, but I'll read read this. Say it says. This was in relation to the topic of salvation, right? It says, But as to this salvation, the prophets who... This is First Peter chapter 1, verse 10. As, as to the salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries. So he's saying the prophets made careful searches and inquiries to what was revealed to them concerning salvation, Right? seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating 
as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow, right? The sufferings, so speaking of, you know, they were able to glean some things, but, um, but they had made, even though they made careful searches and inquiries, they didn't understand the full picture. And in verse 12 it says, It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you in these things which now have been announced to you through those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. I think, so the, the, the idea we had talked about on Wednesday was that, um, so these prophets were revealed some things, they didn't completely understand them, but God revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, that is us reading it now, right? People in the future. And that is what uh, Daniel chapter two, 12 is really about, right? It says, as for Daniel, conceal these words and seal them, seal up the book until the end of time. It says, you know, and in, in verse 9, in response to his question about what the outcome of these events would be, it says, go your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end of time. It's the idea that you don't understand it now. It is not for you. It is, it is not revealed to you the big picture. But in the future, there will be people who will benefit from this, right? And ultimately, I believe the people in the tribulation will be the ones who will ultimately benefit the most because during their time, they'll be able to read this and, you know, realize, you know, the full extent of what has been revealed. Now, we have, you know, we have more knowledge, we have more insights because we able, are able to see some of the, like, for example, um, you know, we were talking about all the prophecies concerning the kingdoms, right? The Babylonian kingdom and the, you know, the Greeks and the Romans. And, you know, when we think about all this, we see how accurate scripture is. And we are able to, we are get, able to get more insight into this. But uh, even more insight is preserved for those people in the future, right? The other thing we learn about is... Resurrections. I just want to say a few words, uh, maybe a minute here to spend on this and not much more. But I think it's an important uh, topic that is brought up here. Um, it says, many, verse 2, many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, these to everlasting life, but others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. All right others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. There's many who, there's some believers at least, uh, uh, teachers I saw, commentators who sort of spiritualize this and, um, you know, there's, there's a material kind of resurrection talked about in the Bible, but there's also like a spiritual resurrection, right, where people are awakened spiritually and that's sort of, you know, also sometimes referred to in resurrection, but I think this is more talking about um, um, about a material resurrection. At least that's my uh, opinion on this. And, you know, I'll just say a few words regarding Revelation, right? 
regarding resurrection. Martha, I'll just read through these verses. Martha, you know, it, you know, when Lazarus was dead, says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise from the dead. Martha said to him, I know that it will rise in the resurrection on the last day. So he, I think she was actually, I mean, there's many verses speaking of resurrection in the Old Testament, but certainly uh, this verse, verse 2 of Daniel 12 is, is, you know, in the last day, she was like, yeah, I believe you, the Lord, that uh, we'll have a resurrection on the last day, right? And uh, John chapter 5 says this about resurrection, right? If we look at John chapter 5, it says, Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in tombs will hear his voice, will come out, and those who did good to a resurrection of life, and those who committed the bad to a resurrection of judgment. So we see here that um, there are two, two groups uh, in this resurrection, right? Those to life and those to judgment. Those who believe and those who don't believe, right? Now, those who did good deeds, right, or the resurrection of the just, it's said in other parts, it's not, we have to remember, it's not because those people are good in and in of themselves, but they are washed in the blood of Jesus, right? They're good because Jesus' righteousness covers them, right? So that's, so that's the partition of, um, of the, the, um, the, the two kinds of resurrection. The other verse that I want, there's many verses, but this is another verse I wanted to, to just mention here. In Revelation 20, it talks about and I, then I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw, saw the souls of those who had beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus, and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received the mark on their foreheads and on their hands. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So this is talking about that millennial kingdom right after the tribulation. The rest of the dead did not come to life until... A thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. So this is the first resurrection is referring to chapter verse 4, where at the end of the tribulation, like, like um, uh, John has give, seen this vision of the people who were martyred during the tribulation, uh, worshipping um, uh They, that they had come to life and reigned with Christ, right? He sees them, uh, and, he, and, and um, the wording used for that is the first resurrection. And then it says, the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were complete. So you might think that the resurrection was one event happening at the same time where the, those who were the resurrection to life and resurrection to death all happened at the same time. But this shows that this resurrection is not at the same time, right? There's a thousand years, like those who, at least in this particular case, the first resurrection is, it talks about people who are um, in the tribulation, who are martyred in the tribulation, are raised to life so that they can reign with Christ in the thousand years that follows. 
But the rest of the dead, that's the remaining, all the dead in sins, they are going to be only brought to life until the thousand years are complete, right? Of course, at the end of those thousand years, we know that they will be brought to life and judged, right? I will... So I'll give a, a just a grand picture here just so you, before we close, I'm, I'm running late here. Sorry about that. Um, so just to picture the resurrections, right? So there's this first resurrection and the second resurrection, uh, the, the resurrection to life and the resurrection to, to damnation, right? The first resurrection, there's... It's talked about in uh, that that there's th sort of three parts to it, right? The Christ, the first roots, right? Christ was the first one resurrected, uh, at least not to die again. And then believers at the rapture, right? This is what we believe that pre-tribulation, there'll be, you know, First Thessalonians 4 says that uh, the dead in Christ will rise. And then believers at the end of the tribulation, that's what we read in Revelation, that at the end of the tribulation, there'll be believers at the end of the tribulation raised up, and they will reign with Christ, right? But all unbelievers, so, th so the first resurrection, in a sense, is it's staged, right? And there are other verses that speak to that. The first resurrection is staged. The second resurrection is this one-time resurrection at the end of time, right? And all the unbelievers will be raised up, and there will be judgment at the great white throne judgment. All right? So I hope that uh, was beneficial to you, as you don't think there's anything really new there, but just reminders. Another thing as we close is just, just reminded how Daniel, you know, is uh, at the end of his his years is probably in his 80s or 90s maybe um, and you know if we think about this life and, and what has been revealed to him and how faithful he is it's such a such an encouragement I hope I you know that I always think that be an interesting thought experiment to say you know if we didn't have the book of Daniel what are the kind of things we what are the truths we would miss out on right like what were the unique things and I think there's, a, there's just so many, right? Like so many things we could think about that if Book of Daniel wasn't there, we would have missed out. And, and God is so gracious in revealing these truths to us. All right? So let's, uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for what you have revealed in your word concerning future things and, Lord, how it impacts us. We pray that anybody here who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, who isn't confident that there will be part of that first resurrection. Father, we pray that today will be the day of salvation, that they would be considered just, that they would be considered to have good deeds, not because of themselves, but because they've put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. Father, may they not go out of this room without uh, confessing their sins and turning to the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the food we're about to partake of and the conversations therein. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen.